I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. I must admit that me and most of my friends use mainstream platforms to create playlists, share them, and listen to music. And on the music streaming services, one can find just about any song or any artist. In actuality, though, not everything is available on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon, YouTube, and other popular platforms. Perhaps let me put it this way: If you are a music lover like I am and always trying to discover new artists, now there's a new place where you can discover new music. And I'm not just talking about the mainstream songs, but here you can discover local talents which you may not come across on apps like Spotify, etc. According to a Vice article, many public libraries in the United States and Canada have decided to build their own music streaming services in an effort to support local musicians and regional music scenes. I mean, imagine going to the library just not to read or study, but also to find new music. Kind of exciting, isn't it? The report further suggests that these services provided by the libraries are hyperlocal and grant local musicians non-exclusive licenses to make their albums accessible to the public. For instance, the Huntsville-Madison County Library in the United States recently introduced Blast, a local music streaming platform that includes over 40 artists from the Tennessee Valley. And reportedly, using MusicCat's free software, libraries in Pittsburgh, Nashville, Fort Worth, and recently New Orleans have also started their own region-specific streaming services. Launched in October of this year, the New Orleans Public Library created Crescent City Sounds, which is basically an online collection of recordings by local musicians that listeners can access digitally. It currently features 29 albums and artists. Given that it is a hyperlocal service, that is a significant figure. Although this initiative is currently only visible in the West, Let's hope that other nations and public libraries also take up on this idea soon. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with a food for thought. Hi, I'm Farheen Khan, and here's the deep dive for November 18, 2022. Have you been following the FTS fiasco? Everybody is talking about it. We have covered it in the deep dive segment in two of our previous episodes of the Signal Daily. The links of those episodes are in the show notes. In case you missed it, I'd suggest you check them out first and then tune back into this segment. So, I'll just rewind a little bit and then get back to the newest updates. Last week, Sank Bankman-Fried, aka SBF, previously touted as a crypto genius, has stepped down as the CEO of FTX and its many affiliated companies. and the company filed for bankruptcy of course that was the last thing that ftx's customers were looking forward to but now in theory what happens next is that there could be a reorganization to help with the debts to keep the business going and eventually pay the creditors you know like a fresh start to correct your wrongs but why i say that is theoretical as of now is because crypto is still uncharted territory there are too many legal questions and not enough answers yet besides As a report on the Wall Street Journal points out, there's not much of a precedent either of a successful reorganization of bankrupt crypto firms. For example, earlier in the year, two major crypto trading platforms, Voyager and Celsius, had also declared bankruptcy in the US. But that's different from a bank filing for bankruptcy, 
because cryptocurrency holdings are never protected by government-backed insurance. As a result, affected customers haven't been able to get their money back yet. So while FTX had indicated that it had more than 100,000 creditors, how much of their money will they get back? That is the big question. Now, another thorn in the troubled company's path is the Bahamas where FTX is headquartered. So FTX wants the bankruptcy proceedings to take place in the US. And typically, non-US companies prefer that because American laws tend to provide more protection. But regulators in the Bahamas want to take control. They are of the opinion that FTX was not authorized to file for bankruptcy in the state. Now, this can turn messy in the coming days. But the collapse of one of the biggest crypto trading exchanges is sending ripples of serious consequences across the crypto world. Reports say that cryptocurrency lender BlockFi Inc. is also preparing to file for bankruptcy owing to its significant exposure to the FTX. BlockFi is among those companies that were bailed out by FTX earlier in the year when the crypto market had witnessed a steep drop in the price of crypto assets. The crypto lender has already paused client withdrawals. Naturally, people are angry. They are angry at not only SBF, but also celebs and sportspersons who had endorsed FTX. And a number of them, including Tom Brady, Giselle Bunchen, Stephen Curry, Shaquille O'Neal, Larry David, have been implicated in a class-action lawsuit, argued that they were a part of the fraud that cost American consumers over $11 billion in damages collectively. But it's not only the creditors and customers who are implicated at the end of the day, right? It's also the employees of this beleaguered crypto company. And they too are writhing with anger. They are not only going to be jobless now, but they also stand to lose a lot of their savings. According to a Wall Street Journal report, many of them also complained that they were left tracking the developments at FTX from Twitter and the media rather than from their own management. But what does SBF, the disgraced crypto wizard, the man who fashioned himself as a paragon of ethics and morality, have to say for himself? In one of his first interviews since the downfall of his kingdom, he told Vox that he effed up, but his biggest regret would be filing for bankruptcy. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IBM. The episode was written, researched and produced by Manaswini and Shorbori, edited by Venkatanand, mastered and mixed by Ajay Rajput. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are thesignal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.